Andy, did you have something? I was going to ask about the common turn. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about the common turn too. I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to process a bit these questions of these uh, so-called worker states or like actually existing socialist states are dealing with the questions of breakdown theory. I mean, obviously, historically, there was denial, disputing Grossman. Um, but then, obviously, with the breakdown of the Soviet Union, we you saw something like the, the real effect of that. Like you mentioned Cuba before. Once the, the Soviet economic sphere breaks down, you suddenly have Cuba starving. And it, arguably, you could say that that led to some kind of socialist measures in, in dealing with that. But largely, it led to a kind of neoliberalization process in Cuba. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, how things could could go the other way. Like, let's say uh, the, the socialist bureaucracies that still exist embrace Grossman and, and try to use breakdown to uh, kickstart class struggle as it emerges. I, I don't know what that would look like. That, that's what I'm going for. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, a tough question because it, you get the that you have to go into the whole arguments of, you know, does a revolution have to be external to, does, does it have to start externally to the state? You know, does, um, you know, a vanguard operation of, of one sort or another have to you know um help to push forward the, the emerging struggles on the streets and taking it in a certain direction or can it be a top-down thing that already exists that's already in place i mean cuba's in it seems like the state the state hangs on in these scenarios so it's it's kind of you know even if the economy is breaking down the state seems to persists well, to some degree. Well, what, let's let's look at what we have. We have state monopoly capitalism. That's or, or a late a late stage of state monopoly capitalism. What does that mean? It means the state and um, private capital are becoming ever more inter, uh, intertwined. So by that I mean that capital, private capital accumulation is increasingly dependent on the state for subsidies, contracts and facilities. So, for example, um, the pharmaceutical industry it has, has more or less closed down all of its own research and development and now uses almost exclusively state facilities for its own research and development because it couldn't afford to keep its own R&D departments open. Um, that's the extent to which the state is merging with capital. I actually see this as a kind of a, of a pre-socialist trend because like, like neoliberalism was supposed to be, or we were told that neoliberalism was all about shrinking the state. In some ways that's happened in terms of the number of in, people employed by the state directly. Um, in terms of like the like i don't know how it's gone in the us but in britain i think something like 20 percent of the police force was made redundant or twenty thousand cops or whatever was were made redundant after the great recession um and the in the the armed forces they're increasingly employing like 17 year olds because that's all they can afford to to employ and that sort of thing so the the state on that front is getting weaker but it's getting more powerful in terms of 
like subsuming everything um, because private capital is so dependent on it for those three things. So I, I kind of see that as a pre-socialist trend because what's the next evolutionary step of like state monopoly capitalism? It would have to be um, what what you might call state monopoly socialism, where like we've we've seen also like at the same time as what I've just described, we see like the increasing monopolization of of the ownership of the means of production, where we see more and more mer- mergers. Um, and fewer and fewer companies dominating each industry. So really, like, what is happening historically is a move towards uh, a final merger, and that would have to be a social. That would have to be done on a socialist basis. You could, you can't have capitalism without competition. Um, so, but that's not going to happen. Because the cap, the ruling class goes, oh, we need to, we don't have any other option but to to take all ownership of everything under the state. They're just going to try and give more subsidies to the, to the private companies, more contracts to them, and more facilities. That um, so you see the state um, and the military and the uh, the big the biggest monopolies, especially, sort of merging together now. But like I say, they're, what they're going to do is try and press, press down the outlay on wages as much as they can and the privatise as much as they can, come up with as many new commodities as they can think of, you know, keep um, innovating and so on. But this just, in the end, reproduces the same problem on a greater scale. So, I mean, in terms of Cuba, like, they're just in a really difficult situation where to try and try and fend off the aggression of of the US and beyond they're making concessions because that you know the thinking being well they'll they, they'll leave us alone a bit more if we give them a few more concessions and then i mean the same thing actually happened in venezuela after the the um coup attempt by guido i don't know if i've said his name right but um yeah after what what didn't really get talked about is that Maduro did make quite significant um concessions to capital to to calm that situation down um so this is the problem this is the class struggle you know it's it's a back and forth struggle and cap- capitalism but but eventually capitalism has to run out of things to privatize right it has to run out of things to commodify. So, again, there's there's it's sort of running out of of options on on all, on all fronts. So, but it can't come from a top down thing. I mean, Marx does say a portion of the bourgeoisie will um, end up siding with the with the proletarian revolution because it won't really have any other option. And the other thing I would say is, and this is another reason why I'm a state socialist, quote unquote, is that you are going to need quite a lot of defections from people who currently work from the state um, because they know how to run a state. They've got the training that the the contemporary means of production need. Like when you talk about automation and, 
you know, alongside that, science has become the helmsman of production. You know, you can't just expect people who have never been trained in certain areas of production to be able to pick it up overnight. So there's that factor. There's the factor of, you know, um, people who have experienced um, military situations and know how to act in those situations. So you're going to need... You're going to need mutinies and defections before it's even possible. I think, like... The idea that the civilian population can defeat the state on its own is quite fanciful. I think it's going to be a bit of both.